Hi, I'm Dr. Wamboi, and welcome to the Drag Chat. I think that the human body is intricately created, making us one of the most amazing living things on earth. In this podcast, we explore how the body works and then apply the drugs. My hope is that with this knowledge, we become better healthcare providers, whatever field of medicine you may be in, better caregivers to our patients or to ourselves. We do take medicines from time to time, don't we? All right, let's break it down. Hi guys, and welcome back to yet another new set of drugs with a new disease state in mind. We are now going to be talking about HIV and AIDS. HIV acronym stands for the Human Immunodeficiency Virus. So HIV is a virus and it, um, when left untreated, even the virus gets in and is left untreated, it will cause a disease called AIDS, the Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome. So HIV is a virus and AIDS is the disease. Um, the United Nations has a program that keeps an eye on this. It's called the United Nations Program on HIV and AIDS or UNAIDS. And I'm going to first start off with some statistics from this program that almost like lays a foundation of why it is still so important to be on top of this disease. So in 2020, UNAIDS reports that 37.7 million people across the globe were HIV positive. And uh, this breaks down to 36 million are adults and 1.7 million of this 37.7 are kids. And when I say kids, I mean people who are between 0 and 14 years old. Of course, uh, those are global statistics, but of course I wondered uh, how else is this broken down? And more than 55% of this 37.7 million people are in Africa because 20.6 million of them, which is like 55%, are in Eastern and Southern Africa and 4.7 million of them are in Western and Central Africa. So leaving the rest, like 5.7 million in Asia and the Pacific and um 2.2 million, which is like 6% in Western Central Europe and North America, North America. So again, over 50% of the people living with HIV AIDS are in Africa. But then for me, the interesting part was that um, the, the, the segment of 15 to 49-year-olds are, that are the lowest or higher are, are the people who are have a higher rate of acquiring HIV AIDS. And then I remembered that the first reported case of HIV was in 1981. And this group, right, this 15 to 49-year-old, so fast, 15-year-olds, like about 24, which are like 35% of these new infections, they were not born in 1981. And that 49-year-old, the oldest in this group, 15 to 49, was only eight. Now, if you're a person of a certain age or you've read history, when HIV first came out, the virus AIDS came out, there was a big brouhaha about this, right? We were scared. We did not know how to curb this. We did not have drugs that treated it. And uh, because of this being scared, there's a lot, there was a lot out there, right? 
Well, now, these people, 15 to 24, they were not born, so they missed out on all that. And apparently, from what I hear, and of course, this is just anecdotal stuff, um, they tend to be more afraid of getting pregnant than getting HIV. And I'm like, what? Do you know how big a deal this was? Um, but so I think what the message here is that uh, we need to be cognizant of this and not give up on counseling the patients, especially in this age group, um, be it be in a routine physical or any kind of interaction with them. Uh, but then it also speaks very highly of us that we have done lots of work to decrease the stigma associated with HIV AIDS and making sure that the medications are available and accessible because now it's just to become a chronic illness and not necessarily something that we were so scared about. I mean, I would say the 80s and the 90s, right? So now that we know that, now let's go back to how this virus actually works and what it's doing in our bodies, you know, study what our body is like on a normal working day before we apply it, the drugs. So the human immunodeficiency virus, um, it attacks our immune system. Specifically, it loves the T cells. And remember, T cells are in our immune system, correct? They're the ones who make sure that we are good. So, but when HIV or when the virus getting and it's left untreated, it now leads, it can lead to the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome or AIDS, all right? Now, the HIV, the virus, is a family of viruses called retrovirus. I know, retro, yeah, it's very unique, right? <laughs> so that means that the virus has, the, 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 like when I look at the difference between the retroviruses like HIV and other viruses, it carries its genetic material in the RNA, and they are made from an enzyme called the reverse transcriptase, which is very, it's a very important part of their life cycle, as we will see as we go on. So the main difference between retroviruses like HIV and other viruses is really how they replicate. So of course, I know you're, one, you're wondering, so how do they replicate? <laughs> All right. So first, the immune cells that has the receptor for the virus to hook up to it is the CD4 T cell. So in fact, if you look at when they're trying to figure out how a patient is doing who is HIV positive, the biggest indicator they look at is how many CD4 cells or what are the what's the number of CD4 cells, right? So CD4 cells are the ones that have the lock. Remember the receptor binding to the ligand, it's the lock and key. So the CD4, the surface of it is the one that has the lock and the virus is the key. So when the lock and the key get together, voila, the virus has attached itself to the host cell. So the T cell belongs to the host, the human being, right? So once the virus attaches, it then fuses itself into the host cell. And once it fuses itself, it, it's finally able to enter the cell. Now, once the virus is inside the cell, they use that special enzyme of theirs, the reverse transcriptase. And then they take the RNA that is the genetic, remember the genetic material is in the RNA. So they take the genetic material in the RNA and they do, uh, they, they turn it into DNA because 
for the host cell, especially in the human, when we are doing our genetic material, we go from DNA to RNA, but then the virus fast because it knows that. Remember, these viruses are very smart. They're very, very smart. We should know this from COVID, right? <laughs> so um, the RNA turns itself into the DNA so that it's now con compatible with the host's genetic material. Same, same. Since our genetic material is carried by DNA, the virus is like, well, why don't we change it to what they usually do here? Now, when you go to Rome, do what the Romans do. The, the Romans do. Now, the newly manufactured DNA now moves on to ground zero. It moves on to the control center of this host, host cell. And I want you to read from all that information, nucleus. So it moves to the nucleus of the cell. And another special enzyme that the virus has called integrase is used to insert this new DNA, the, the viral DNA, into the host's DNA. As you can see, the virus is doing everything in its power to show your body that we belong changes it to what it is that our body usually does, and then it integrates itself into the host DNA, showing it, yeah, we are so together in this. So once it gets in, the next thing it does is replication. So now that the new has joined hands with the indig indigenous, now the virus doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. All it does is just use the machinery that the, your host already had, the host cell already has to reproduce more viral RNA, more viral proteins, basically reproduce new HIV particles. And once this new HIV particles have been formed, they now get out of the host cell and they are sent out across the body, you know, to almost like of an evangelism mission to go and infect all the others. And as you can imagine, it's a wrap. HIV is all over your body. So this is, as, as I said, you know, when we look, when we are going to end up looking at the drugs, the, you can imagine that what we're going to do or what our beautiful research scientist did is that they looked at how this happens, how the, drug, how the HIV um, virus gets in our body, and then they're going to come up with drugs that are going to um, insert themselves to try and stop this process, correct? So uh, currently there are seven classes used to treat or control HIV virus so that you don't have AIDS, right? Um, and they are the non-nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors. So already from that name, you know, this group of drugs is going to be dealing with that enzyme. Remember the enzyme that is helping the genetic material to go from RNA to DNA? So we know for sure that's, what they're, that's where they're going to be working. And then there's the nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors attacking the same virus. Then there are the protease inhibitors. We will learn about them. And then there's the fusion inhibitors. So for me, even without looking, I just think to myself, so that must be going to be concerned with making sure that the virus does not fuse with the host cell, correct? And then there's the CCR5 inhibitors, the integrase strand transfer inhibitors, and the post-attachment inhibitors. So... Uh, this should be exciting. Again, let's pay attention because the virus still lives amongst us. Yes, we live longer lives with it. 
but uh, it's important to know how these drugs work to make sure that our patients are happy, healthy, and wealthy. So we'll see you in the next episode where we'll start off with the first of these drug classes. I am Dr. Wamboy, and thanks for listening to this episode of The Drug Chat. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and remember to share with your friends. Until next time, stay inquisitive. Bye. Thank you.